Welcome, my friends, to Next Level Change Success, a change conversation for leaders, project and change practitioners for today and tomorrow. My name is Therese Perez of MyVirtualChangeManager.com and I'm an experienced change and project professional and people leader with many years of experience in the industry. I love business and I love the people side of business especially. So nothing lights me up more than seeing people use change management, project management and strong change leadership to engage, motivate and inspire people and ultimately transform organisations. If you've heard about change management and have no idea of what it involves, then you're in the right place. If you know about change management, but you want to take your practices to the next level, then this is where you should be. I'm going to share the stories of my experiences, interview some fantastic people, and I'm going to explore all of the challenges and opportunities that you face in organizations right now. So please join me and let's go and have some fun. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Next Level Change Success. My name's Therese, and I'd like to acknowledge that I am recording on Thoroughwell Country today and pay my respects to the traditional owners and custodians on the land on which I am recording, both past, present, and emerging. Let's get into it because I am really excited about this conversation because it's about change maturity. It's about the different aspects of change maturity and providing you with the change maturity model. I have blogged about this and I really want to talk about it as well because I think it is really, really important. Talk about the accidental path that can happen in change where you come into an organization, someone has stuffed something up. I say stuff something up, but they've implemented something. It's not working. People aren't adopting it. And they're like, you know what? I think we need a change manager. I think we need someone from change to help us with this. And sometimes people don't know what it is that you do, but they certainly know they need help. And I'm always more than willing to help people. And you go into an organization, you do a good job. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, actually we've got this other project happening. I think we need a change person on this and we need a change person on that. And then leadership really start to engage and understand the value of change management. And then they're like, yeah, I need a change person. I need a change person. Then at some stage, someone starts to think, we've got all these change people here. Um, What's going on financially? Like, what are we paying them and how much is it costing us? And then they go, you know what, if we're always going to be having continuous change, which obviously a lot of organizations, they perpetually do. They think let's establish some roles, get some permanency happening around this so that we can save some money in this space. And so that's what happens. Roles get established. Some people who are contractors who don't want to go permanent leave the organization and new people come in and they establish a change practice and or a change cohort of change managers. And then it comes down to the next level of cycle where someone says, actually, you know what, our leaders should be leading change or um, we should be really training this across the organization. And then all of a sudden there seems to be this need and it's almost by chance or cyclical chance that it's like yeah actually we probably should be training on this right everyone should know about change we should have common language now hopefully if you get to that point because most organizations kind of stop just before either hiring permanent roles what they do is just kind of have the the contractors leave and then they have to recruit them again six months later 
Um, but if they certainly go down the pathway or if you go down the pathway of having uh, full-time employees, you really do want to make sure then you're actually building capability within your business and your organization. Why? Because first of all, everyone should have these capabilities. There's not, not many roles in more of the back office areas that don't need uh, change management skill sets to be able to bring in change, which is more business as usual, continuous improvement. Like they will benefit from actually having a change manager or change management skill set and mindset. Also, over what we're finding now is because most organizations need to be more agile. So they need to actually change more often and be more aggressive in this space. And therefore, leaders should also have more change capability at a leadership level to be able to lead their teams and be able to prioritize and to support the organization when it comes to change agility. So it is really important to have a bit of a change maturity roadmap in an organization if you're really serious about having change introduced. I talked about that's the accidental journey and those cycles, the cycles I talked about before may seem familiar to you if that's what's happened or that's what has been your experience as either a change practitioner or something you've observed as a project practitioner or other kind of areas where you see that cycle take place. It's very typical in most organizations. Now, when looking at introducing change with intent and so looking at let's become a more agile organization, little a. Uh, what I am looking to, to call it more is that concept of flex within an organization that we can flex accordingly to and respond to external factors, things that no one could have foreseen now that we've been through that whole scenario of a pandemic or are going through a pandemic to which no one had any idea was ever going to happen. And then how do you respond and how do we bring this into our DNA and how do we do that with bringing change into our DNA, knowing that it's always here, we have a language for it, we understand the process, we understand the methodology, we have one methodology in our organisation. And so change maturity off the back of that is saying, well, where are we on this maturity spectrum and where do we need to be to be an organisation that can flex? Now I'm going to take you through the different elements of change maturity and in fact we have a change maturity assessment if you want to jump to myvirtualchangemanager.com and do that assessment for your organization so that you can figure out where are you on this journey then I encourage you to do so and then get some tips and tricks for you to be able to implement if you're the person who can influence this. Okay, one of the key elements, let's go through the key elements of change maturity. The first area is sponsorship. It's really quite key. I mean, all the areas I'm about to cover off are quite key. But sponsorship is because it gives you top cover. So if you've got buy-in and if you've got someone who's willing to invest in change management, I mean, no one ever gets the luxury of time, but it buys you a bit of time. And then what you can do is work through that through implementing things, reporting up to keep that momentum and to buy yourself more time to establish maturity at a far greater depth than you have today. But executive sponsorship takes many forms. And so one will be, you know, the CEO mentioning change and how 
the organization needs to shift its mindset and to be more of a growth mindset and to be more agile in its thinking. Every individual, every person thinking, how can we do better? But also, how can we grow? How can we learn? And how can we always serve our customer? Now, having that mindset and then acknowledging that change contributes to that in a really key way is important that change is an important cog in the wheel so you don't want someone who kind of says change is the magic pill you really do want to make sure though that everyone acknowledges that the change function is going to be critical in this but only if everyone works together so that's sponsorship and you want it to be active you want to be visible and you want to be continual and not just at the ceo level you actually want it to be also vocal and active at more the middle management level for you to be successful. Then we head into your resourcing mix and what does that look like? So I talked about before the accidental journey of only having contingent or maybe it's just consultancies or consultants there at the beginning. But you really do want to have an established workforce and a mix of an established workforce as well as having some contingent as well for flex, right? Because sometimes workloads are high and sometimes you need specialist skills brought in for a period of time, but you also want to make sure those specialist skills leave a legacy and leave the lessons and leave the learning. So you need to partner anyone who comes into your organization with someone who is enduring in the organization and who is an employee. So your resourcing mix is definitely something that needs to be considered and is an indication of maturity. Where your function sits is also an indication of maturity. Interestingly, during the early days, change will be separate or could be separate too or scattered around. But a really mature, change mature organization is going to have the change functions integrated everywhere which also leads on to the capability aspect, right? And so capability being developed across the organization so that change isn't seen as just something that is outsourced or X department does change. So those blends of capability and where the function sits and the resourcing mix is all tied together, right? In relation to maturity. Then... Looking at consistency, tools, templates, everyone using a similar thing or people using different things all across the organization. Is there one language for change or does everyone have different terminology that they use, which can be confusing. If you're a business person working with one person, they go work with another change person and all of a sudden they have to start their cognitive process of joining dots because oh yeah, you mentioned this, but that person mentions that. And oh, okay, but you mean the same thing, right? Yeah, you don't want people going through that. So you really want one language, one toolkit, one set of templates that are used. There are always variations. I'm not saying it's a strict, everyone has to do it the same way. But when you're bringing into someone's DNA or into the DNA of the organization, you absolutely want it to be consistent. Then looking at your partnership areas. This is the last area I'm going to talk about, but it is really important. How well and cohesive and linked in are all these functions with the change area? 
So a change is talking to HR people, they're connected to them. Is there what we call a community of practice that's been set up that meets regularly, that talks about change across the organisation? And now there's one more area I'm going to cover off. It's making a liar out of me, isn't it, really? Because I said the previous area was the last one, but actually, in fact, this is, which is around visibility from the change perspective. So do you have change and the changes happening across the organisation visible to everyone in some sort of format where people can access and know what's happening this month, next month, then the month after, so that it helps them manage change. It is a sign of change maturity that you would have the calendar of change available to those in the organisation so that leaders, people can actually understand the change that's coming down that pipeline. So that is the last area of maturity when it comes to change management in an organisation. And certainly when you start heading into, well, how agile is my organisation or how well does my organisation flex, that's a different conversation. But when looking at change maturity and if you're introducing it, then these are the areas to consider and look at to get an indication of this is where we're at. And then think about where do we want to be? And I'll talk about this because I'm quite passionate about embedding change management in organisations across the board. The capability, the delivery, the outcomes, it helps everyone become more customer centric. It helps people value their staff more and understand and empathise with their staff around change. It helps leaders be better leaders. So change really does have a really great value add for organisations and for people, which is what it's all about. It will help engagement, all of those things in your organisation. Anyway, if you want to take the assessment, jump onto myvirtualchangemanager.com, take the assessment, the Enterprise Change Management Maturity Assessment. That's a mouthful. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a look at all of those different areas, reflect on them in your organisation. And remember that change matters because people matter. Have a great day.